Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop top-performing customer success teams that drive retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by Anne Leary, Customer Success Director for Vinu. Vinu has offices around the globe, and Anne is based in Helsinki, Finland. Vinu is in the AI and data field, so today Anne and I will be talking about how customer success teams should look beyond the health score to other sets of data that can help them serve their customers more effectively. So Anne, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Great to be here. And I know you've been in customer success for some time at this point. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your path to your current role as director? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, I actually started my road to customer success in Silicon Valley um, after my studies. And uh, I was working there at a company that was creating B2B um, solutions for, for small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, and I well, I would say I got bitten by the SaaS bug. Can you say that? Can you say that? <laughs> you by can say that. <laughs> um, and uh, I realized, you know, that's a pretty, pretty cool uh, area to work with. And uh, then I moved back to Finland, uh, where I entered into uh, this kind of a relatively fast-growing startup, uh, working in the video platform uh, area of SaaS and uh there, actually, I saw a little bit of this kind of a transformation that I think that has happening in has been happening in customer success uh, in a sort of miniature format, uh, where we started off as a sort of a service delivery organization, where we were basically creating content, creating videos on our customers on uh, behalf, um, and then we transformed the organization from actually trying to get the customers to use our software, which was for creating and distributing videos, uh, editing videos as well, um, mm -hmm. to get the customer to actually do, do those videos themselves and succeed in, in what they both originally the software for. So that was, I think, sort of one of my first steps into customer success is instead of being actually there to do the work on your customer's behalf, you're trying to get the customer to do it themselves and learn learn uh, themselves on how to how to do the videos in in that role. Um, and from there, I moved forward uh, in ran into Vino, and uh, of course, at that point, we were 20 people, a very sales driven organization with, of course, a great product uh, generating leads uh, to sales from open data. Um, but I was the first one to focus only on customer success. Um, 
And even though, of course, our customer, our organization was founded by people who have been working in customer success previously um, and SaaS uh, for a longer period of time, it was still, you know, me starting with 180 um, customers uh, and uh, and uh, trying to get everyone to put more effort into the customer um, customer relationship. Um, and from there, we've actually grown the organization uh, in ourselves went from 20 people to 180 people. Uh, and That's around, exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's been quite a quite of a trip so far. Um, and we already have, you know, around 2,000 customers in you know seven different markets. So what CS means is a completely different thing today than it was uh, two years ago or two and a half years ago when I started at Vino. So. I've seen this kind of transformation now in a couple of different organizations from a, uh, from a CS point of view. So that's my that's my path. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's it's really exciting to have gotten to be a part of the field in um, that way and have gotten to grow a couple of teams. Um, I did a little research on Binu before the podcast today, but I am definitely not an expert on artificial intelligence. So could you explain to the audience and to me um, what Binu does and how your customers use it? Yes. Um, well, to put it simply, we try to understand as much as we can about companies. Uh, that's sort of the mission of the business. Um, of course, how we do that, that's, uh, you know, the, the gathering open uh, data from open and public sources with, uh, uh, you know, with machines, uh, uh, using that data and uh, building all kinds of uh, information, um, sort of nippets, can you say nippets, uh, to our uh, customers that can use that data in, uh, in their sales. So, um Basically, what we do is we try to gather as much information about companies as possible and then, then transform that data into a format that our customers can use in um, improving their sales, marketing, or uh, in what we are going to talk about today as well is uh, the customer work. Um, and in practice, what it is is that we have a company database of millions of companies and uh, uh, then enrich those organizations with open data from, you know, uh, whether it is recruitments or um, news about mergers or whether or not they use e-commerce on their website or, or, or what kind of technologies we have spotted them to use. So any information that can be valuable for some organization in one form or the other. Does that uh, sort of concept open, uh, is that better understood now? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like it'd be really useful across, um, you know, all of the customer facing departments in an organization. So that's very cool. When you and I were talking about this topic, you mentioned that you think there are lots of pieces of data and sources of data that CS teams often don't consider as they work with their clients. So why do you think it's so important that these teams take a broader look at customer data? Um, well, to be honest, I think most of us do get a little bit blind about our customers. We tend to think that we know them more or better than we actually do. Um, and we might even get very strongly uh, reliant on a single point of a contact. At least that's yeah. what I've noticed myself is that I very often tend to believe that, okay, I have a really, really strong, good relationship with our contact person. I will know if something happens. Um 
So I think it's just important that every now and then we, you know, shake things up a bit and take a look from a different perspective. And uh, it's surprising what you might learn <laughs> when you do that. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it's human nature to kind of get um, locked into a relationship with somebody who, you know, is, is maybe sort of your champion. And because they like your product and your service, you tend to gravitate toward talking to that person. And you run the risk of missing the perspective of maybe the budget owner or um, other people in the organization that have a huge impact on whether or not you're going to continue to work with their company. <laughs> so I think you're absolutely right. It's important to get a broader perspective. And also, if I might add one thing to that, is um especially if we work with a, a bit larger organization. I mean, I've had uh, situations that uh, or myself have experienced or my, my customers have, have experienced this, that they, they think they know because they are, might be actually at the customers for, you know, several hours per week. But then mm -hmm. um, when you work with a larger organization, there's so much happening in that organization that a lot of information might not be that even the organization themselves don't know what's happening in, you know, I don't know if it's uh, yeah. <laughs> the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing in a way. So it's good to have an overall view of what's going on in the organization as well, uh, even though you, you know them very well. So combine these matters and you'll be, you'll be much smarter as well. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. So let's get into some details. What are the main sources of data outside of a customer success platform that a CS team might find helpful? Oh, I have a long list here, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, of course, you know, first of all, first things first is you need to understand your product and your, your service yourself. So then, you know, take what, what I'm now saying with a bit of a sort of, can you say, grain of salt? Because it, of course, depends mm -hmm. on what you're selling and, and uh, what is your, your team looking like. So I'm going to use a, quite, a, quite a lot of examples from our own business. Um, so, so um First thing is to me is um, the company in itself, the customer in itself. So um, what kind of a, a size of company it is, what is the industry, etc. Um, sort of these kind of basic things um, and use that information to understand what kind of a ideal customer profile uh, it is. So. Um, very often you need to focus your resources a bit. So what are the cases that have more upsell potential based on, you know, how many daughter companies they might have, for example. So understanding the organization in itself and understanding um, how, to, how to sort of gravitate your resources to the right organizations as well and to the right customers. Uh, yeah. That's one thing that I find very valuable as well. Um, another thing is that from, from my point of view as a sort of a, a CS director as well is to understand um, how my, my uh, CSM's results might be tied to the organizations in their portfolio. So how are we going to maybe gravitate someone to learn more about the specific industry, for example? So focus having, having that person have more of the uh, companies from that industry. Um, or some some might have uh, larger accounts with better upsell potential, or some smaller companies with a higher churn risk, um, because that is very strongly correlated very often. Um, and also, what we've used is we've used uh, ex external data to determine determine what kind of additional features to market to which customers. So when we sell a lead 
lead software, uh, our company data software. What we try to you know give uh, is to, for example, we look at what our customers are using marketing automation, and then we can focus on uh, targeting them a message that, hey, have you considered using our HubSpot integration or our Marketo integra- integration already? So that's also something that we can, of course, gather by asking. But we don't have time to make necessarily contact each organization individually, or we now get a notification when that organization, a new customer has been recognized with a market marketing automation tool. Okay. That's one thing. Um, other, I think it's actually, this is something that I'm actually relatively excited about uh, as an information source is marketing. So this, especially marketing automation that we use, we use HubSpot, for example. Um, okay. And you can create a lot of cool workflows from there and how, for, for what we do, for example, we combine data from our CSM tool. Uh, data from the customers that we have um, based on our own platform, so company data, but also data from HubSpot, for example, lift those individuals that are users, um, but might be really good spokespeople because they actually uh, also consume a lot of content that we create. So if they read mm-hmm. a lot of blogs or they sign up to a lot of our webinars or if they um you know, read our eBooks, that indicates to me that, okay, that person is really, you know, believing our message and that could be a good spokesperson at our, at our customer, even though uh, it would not be my sort of personal connection or it would not be our main contact person. Okay. So that is something uh, I recommend also to use if you, especially if you guys use marketing automation. Um, we also check what kind of data they are uh, consuming uh, or content are they consuming. So if we notice that they are um, looking through our content on CRM uh, integrations, then we approach them with, hey, I understood that you were interested in uh, learning about our CRM integrations. Can I help you with something? So you're you're more, I would say, point in time that you can use um, and make it more relevant. Okay. Um, see, I had, I have a long list here. <laughs> so <laughs> You do have a long list, but I think this is great because these are the details that the audience really wants to know about. So uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, very, I'm a sucker for details myself. So, um, another thing that I think is really important for a CSM to understand is the company or the business that the customer is in. And of course, if you're working with uh, an HR solution, then that's not that relevant. But if you're working with anything that is somehow related to what the customer is doing themselves, um, understanding their business is really important. So what are they telling about themselves on their website or in their newsletters or in their recruitment ads or press releases? You know, you get the list. So, um, yeah, it's not, of course, if even if you work with an HR system, Everyone who works with our customers are somehow dependent on their internal politics or decision making. So if we even know if we have the best relationship ever and uh, with the contact person and the customer would use their uh, use our product very much, but something would happen. I mean, they would be bought by another company or they would, um, you know, there are changes in decision making or they would have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, layoffs or something like that that does very strongly impact our relationship um, uh, with, the, with the organization. So um, whether, whether or not 
we have a good relationship with the one contact person. It doesn't matter if if there's going to be um, the, that contact person might leave the company or there might be um, reorganizations and they would completely leave um, our, as our contact person. So all these data is relevant to understand what are what is the customer's sort of decision making process and what's happening in their business itself. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to dig in on your last comment a little bit more. So, you know, I, I've been a, an advocate for my own teams using news and press releases with their customers, you know, to start a conversation or understand key initiatives that may tie into customer outcomes. I know you mentioned knowing about, um, you know, what's going on at a big from a big picture standpoint with a, a particular customer, but are there other ways that you coach your team to use news to build better relationships with customers? Um, I actually, this is a, this is not that business critical, but um, if you, if you hear your customer is getting maybe a award or funding. Uh, oh I, yeah. Now this is sounds silly, of course, but it works every single time you, when you call a customer and you start with, Hey, how are you doing? Compared to congratulations, I heard that you guys this so I so got this cool award or you got this fun great funding. The whole conversation starts yeah. completely different nuance and a completely different tone of voice. So you're more they're more likely yeah. to be you know just accepting your message as it is. Um, but it is uh, it is of course uh, going from there. Uh, you need to then tie it to what your message is. That for example, if they got got uh, funding, then that's something that you might uh, be able to use in, hey, how are, how, what does it mean in your, in terms of your recruitment or your expanding or your investment in your product development, something that you can then tie to yeah. your business and what you offer for the customer. So absolutely. I think that's important. And thinking that way, thinking big picture and how how does your solution fit into the overall ecosystem of your client's yeah. um, business is really critical. Exactly. So if you if you are able to spot those um, those changes that impact your business directly, uh, you can be very alert and then spot those expansion potentials and reach out. Uh, I, I Consider it's basically to solve the customer's problems or needs before they even know they need you. You know, if uh, if, if an expansion or um, uh, or or uh, in going international is something that you can help with, help them with, they might not know it beforehand. So if you spot this kind of a news, uh, you're more likely to help them solve this issue already beforehand before they even you know have the problem in a way. <laughs> Right, which is exactly what you want to do in customer success, I think. Yeah. You're trying to get ahead of the issues. Exactly. You also mentioned pulling information about the customer from their own website. What information should CSMs be looking for and how would they leverage that? Yeah, um, again, completely you know, related to what your business is, of course. Um, but you can find a lot of information from, from website. Um, for example, are they using chats or uh, e-commerce or um, do they are they more technically or digitally advanced? Um, so a lot of these information or th these tools or information that you can find on the website is somehow related to, you know, what softwares do you, for example, integrate your solution to or um, 
well, for example, does the customer know how to implement new technologies? Uh, if they use a lot of SaaS mm -hmm. technologies already, it is more likely that they are more accustomed to buying SaaS software and implementing SaaS software as well. So that, is, that gives you an understanding of how you should reflect to the customer. Of course, there are changes, but you get an understanding on where to put your efforts yeah. again. So... Absolutely. For for example, for us now, I don't mean to be uh, you know picking picking the best, but for us, we know that if they use HubSpot or Salesforce, they are generally better customers to us uh, as we are able to you know integrate our data uh -huh. to the, their routines and processes. So I prefer those because I'm able to bring them more value than uh, customers who don't have uh, uh, any CRMs, for example. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables like business models and annual plans that you can quickly put to use. If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io, for more information. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple-to-use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So, Anne, another item on your list was visits a customer made to your website. And you were kind of talking about how that gave you some insight into what your customers were interested in. What data should CS teams be gathering about client website visits and how would they use that to build better customer relationships? Um, well, I, I think I have a few here. Of course, uh, you want to understand what your customers are interested. Just, I think CS and sales are not that different. So most of the things that your sales team would be interested in, things like demo requests or what kind of content are they consuming, which eBooks are they reading, uh, are they spending a lot of time mm -hmm. on your website? Uh, those are the same information that should be interesting for the CSMs as well. So you can you can combine right. that. I mean, for example, we have automated that we know uh, our marketing automation tool knows that, hey, um, uh, for example, DHL is my customer or uh, it can be that... Um, uh, this specific bank is my my co colleague's uh, customer, and then they it will uh, 
our, our marketing team will let me know that, hey, your customer has actually been spending a lot of time on our website. Uh, should you reach out to this specific individual or not? So then I can reach out and mm-hmm. ask like, hey, uh, is there anything I can do? Or is this something information that we should share to your colleagues in DHL or this specific bank, for example, already? So quite a lot of information we can use already combining um, that information on our on our website with the information that we have already based on we doing a good customer customer sort of a dialogue. Yeah, right. That's great. I know um, Vinu has a lot of tools that um, you're using for yourselves. You probably drink your own champagne. So um, do you have some examples that you can share? I know you've shared a few as we've gone along, but um, do you have any other examples you'd be willing to share about how you've used the information from your own system to help customers achieve business outcomes they expected Uh, from you? Well, I have, well, of course, our customers use our data daily and we use our customers, our information daily. Um, we very actively in, in our in our new business in terms of prospecting, but we also do, we've done this analysis on our customer, uh, ideal customer profile, and it has given us quite a lot of uh, in, good information on where to focus and which customers we should not focus that strongly on in terms of uh, prospecting. But you know, every day that I meet with a customer, I first go check what is the information that we already know about this organization. And uh, I've been, you know, running into situations like I, I remember just a couple of months back, I was having a meeting with a customer that we were supposed to have sort of this kind of expansion discussion. And the day that we had that meeting, they actually launched that they're going to sell a whole business unit, um, which was actually the business unit I was talking about in terms of the expansion. So being able to come to that situation knowingly, knowing that they are, they've they just done this kind of big um, um, sellout on that, on that specific um, de- department, I was able to transform that discussion into, hey, actually, I've prepared how we can actually continue this dialogue with this new organization that the department is going to be sold to. So instead of it being that the customer would say, actually, hey, no, everything is such a mess. We can't talk of right now. Um, it's going to take forever before things are settled. I was able to take that conversation to another level um, because I knew already I was able to prepare myself for that discussion. So that's one thing. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I, we work with sales directors and for some reason, sales directors have a bit of a sort of a, a tight rotation. <laughs> they, they also change positions more than, a, I would say, a, a standard uh, person. So that's also something yeah. that we do follow. I mean, I had a customer that I was in, I was having a bit of a difficulty time to, you know, kickstart the operations. And then I saw from Vino that they had just uh, gotten a new sales director and they actually only launched it on their website. So um, uh, I got a news report from uh, from Vino saying that, hey, your customer has had a new sales director uh, and I got his contact details and everything and then I was able to kickstart the cooperation again. So these small things that you can do um, in in your daily job and just to make sure that you know the customer better, you understand what's going on. And also you you understand when they've got their new, uh, for example, new contact people you should reach out to. So, Yeah, I think that last example is fantastic. And it's something that 
is so common. Um, people move around a lot and, you know, salespeople do move around probably more than others, but there are a lot of other fields that we work with where people move around a lot as well. And I think knowing when that's happening can give you a lot of insight into, you know, not, not just who the new person is, but you know, why things might've been stalled for a while yeah, or, exactly. um, you know, things, you know, like, you know, somebody has been looking for another job. That's probably why your project isn't progressing very well or, you know, whatever's been going on and, and that kind of information can be invaluable. So um, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask, it's, it can be really overwhelming for some customer success leaders to think about how to get all their data collected and organized and distributed. Um, the sheer volume of information, even the information you and I have been talking about today, is often really intimidating. So how would you recommend that a customer success team start collecting the kind of information that we well, talk about? The first thing is you want to do is you want to understand what is the business critical information, what is the nice to know, and what is the things that just you need to, you need to need in order to nudge yourself to the right direction. And when you, once you have a prioritization on those, then the second thing is you want to automate as much as you want as possible. You you want to use, you know, tools like Zapier or, or um, a lot of our, our tools nowadays, they have an open interface that you can use to, you know, automate a lot of the things that I'm talking today. So you don't have to, you know, enter five different so softwares to find that information, but get that information into one point and combine maybe that data to do, let's say, uh, prioritizing or segmenting automatically. That I think is very extremely right. important. And uh, the second thing is, of course, to create a process around that automation. So how we can make it e as easy as possible for the CSM to consume that information. Uh, so think about your own process. Do your CSM read more email? We use Slack very actively, for example. Or is it the CRM that we should uh, take this information to or the CSM tool directly? So that is that is once you once you have this prioritization, the automation and a process, clear process on how the data is consumed, then it's not that like, for example, I don't feel overwhelmed at all or my team doesn't feel overwhelmed because we've automated so much and we've made it so that you don't uh, consume individual informations, but you understand the whole in a way you get pings on things that you need to react to now. So there's a process around that as well. Yeah, I think, you know, one suggestion I would have for people is to go piece by piece, you know, don't don't think about the all of the data that you want right now. Think about pieces of it that would be really useful. And like you said, uh, you know, prioritize those pieces, finish them one by one. And that way, you know, six months from now, you'll have that more complete set of data but, you know, it can be overwhelming to look at it if you look at the whole thing all at once <laughs> and you're trying to figure it out together. Um, last question, and this is something that we ask all of our guests. What do you see as the biggest trend in our field right now and why? Um, well, of course, I'm, I'm a bit biased, but I do see that data-driven customer success is one of the trends that I think it's been going on for a while. But I think it will grow and, and be even bit more important. I mean... You know, sales have always been a numbers game. You know, hit rates and uh, and KPIs are calculated very easily in sales. Um, and I think CS will 
go there much faster. We will be calculating more and more on which actual which uh, action or um, or step we've taken actually impacts the the end result. So. Um, I think that's something that we're going to be focusing much more on and we're going to be seeing a lot of the CSM tools to uh, develop towards that as well is to actually how can we measure the impact of individual like even actually the monetized impact of our individual actions and uh, let's uh, create this kind of a, a numbers game out of CS as well. Yeah, I see that happening. I I um I hope we balance that with the hum- oh, human course. side. <laughs> um but but uh but I think that um the the data driven piece is allowing us to um really tailor those interactions for individual clients, yeah. which is pretty exciting. Yeah. And I, I mean, if, for example, a lot of the CSM tools, they have, they combine the data from, uh, from these, uh, you know, what are the actions that the customer is taking in the software with, for example, the data we I've been talking about today. Um, but, but then you, you mm-hmm. do have that CSM vote there like how how what's the health score given by the csm but those are also things that we can develop on how how that impacts and how we can actually see the results uh after a year or two in terms of churn each each activity so for example how many phone calls does it need to take average to reach that and then you of course use common sense and the how how well the csm knows the customer but I think that's something that CS CS uh-huh. uh, work is going to be. We're going to be seeing more and more of this um, development of KPIs and how data actually drives uh, the customer success work more and more. Absolutely. Well, and data is so important to our field, and and it can be a confusing area for CS leaders. So I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today to provide the audience with both clarity and some great ideas for how to gather and use data to help customers achieve their desired business outcomes. Thanks so much for taking the time for this interview today. I know it's late in the day for you. <laughs> no, so was, thanks of course, for joining. Of course, this was a pleasure, and uh, I'm very much up for networking as well. Uh, so do reach out in LinkedIn, but also if there is anyone online who happens to be in the Nordics or the Netherlands and working in customer success, I'm, uh, it would be great to network also with you guys uh, somewhere a bit closer at home. I think uh, uh, we're still a you know, small bunch of uh, CS people in the Europe side, so we have a lot to learn from each other. <laughs> I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.